me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. And we are live. This is Metallicast Live number two. I am your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. And this is our monthly live stream coming at you on the Metallicast Facebook page and the Fans Not Experts YouTube page. If you're tuning in, join the chat, join the conversation, join the fun. I am here with a good friend of the show. He is a music journalist. He is a musician. He is a producer. He is a jack of all trades. And most of all, he is Australian. Welcome to the show, Mr. Richard S. He. Most of all. Most of all of the above. (laughs) Yeah, good to be on again. You know, Richard, we were talking about how, uh, before we start recording, we were talking a little bit about how uh, you know, the first time you were on Metallicast, I treated you like an actual guest. And now you're just like, I'm just like, hey, fuck you, Richard. Um, that's how comfortable we are with each other at this point because you've been on the show so much. But um, I, I thought because we're so comfortable with each other, I've never really asked you about Australia. And I thought um, I could play the role of stupid American. And yes, the role. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do a little bit of role playing. You okay with that? Bring it on. So, um, first question for you How many people every day do you hear say, put another shrimp on the barbie? Um, I'm going to say one a week, ironically. <laughs> but some, sometimes unironically. <laughs> now, coming from the land down under. How big is Man at, Men at Work there? Uh, pretty big. I mean, people love the song Down Under. I like it. Um, the the singer Colin Hay got sued by, like, a publishing company because he sampled, like, a folk song oh. on that song. Um, so that was, like, controversial for a while. But, yeah, they're around. They're, um, he actually they're, they're has men. had... They're at work. <laughs> they are men at work. He is actually he's actually had a successful solo career, right? Yeah, Colin Hay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of my personal favorite musicians covered by the Mighty Metallica and he just had a amazing live stream last night, Mr. Nick Cave Ooh. from Australia. Um yes. is he a big fucking deal there? He's a huge deal. Like he is revered. He's like the one Australian musician who is like such a mystique that he's almost not considered to be Australian. Yeah. In its end. Just because most of our like celebrities and stuff are so down to earth. And not that he isn't, but he is just like uh this kind of dark god yeah. to us. You know? I mean that's yeah, sort like of the I feel like that's sort of the appeal to him beyond the music is the whole mystique around his persona. He has like a yeah. a Johnny Cash larger than life persona but in a way where it's dark and very down to earth yeah and it's become a bit more human over the last couple years but like he hasn't lost any of it either yeah 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 
So, uh, Ralph in the chat says, first of all, Mr. Savetto, welcome to the show. He says, I come from a land down under. Well, not really. Is that how it goes? (laughs) (laughs) I come Mm. from a land down under. So, all right. Final question about Australian music. Is there anybody who we would know in American pop culture that is just such like much bigger deal in Australia than they are here in America? Well, I've literally just been writing about the band Silverchair, for one. Right. Who um, might be famous in the US for the single Tomorrow. They were like, you know, 15-year-olds playing grunge in 1995. Right. They were really big in like the 90s here on like rock, FM, radio. Yeah. Yeah. And the VMAs once. Yeah. Um, And I think with each successive album, like they got a little bit less press in the US. But the thing is, they evolved from like kind of a meat and potatoes grunge band into this really beautiful like pop rock band with like orchestral string arrangements and like a really unique sound so um yeah like in australia they're more known for uh, more beloved for the latest stuff often which doesn't get heard as much oh really so, so they're still yeah. like a huge deal there in australia I mean, they've been broken up for for a decade now but yeah they're they're revered here absolutely. that's funny because we just know them in america as like one of those 90 rock bands totally yeah but they um <laughs> they had such a fascinating trajectory yeah <laughs> they for us they get uh roped into you know like the collective bush souls right? bush yeah. like that whole wave of bands that came through it's like the 90s never ended but <laughs> in silverchair's case it did <laughs> <laughs> So yes, thank you for indulging me on that topic. <laughs> we will talk about Metallica, I promise. Yes. Yeah, so before we move on, because our next, the rest of the show is about Metallica, obviously, because this is Metallicast. But um, I forget my question. I'm a podcast professional here. I swear. <laughs> I swear. Ugh, I've done this before. I swear. I swear. Um, it'll come to me randomly. Oh, plug your, um, you mentioned you just wrote an article for Silverchair. So before we move on, plug where oh, yeah. we can, uh, where people can find it or put it in the chat so people can click the link. Oh, true. I need to um, open up a different window to post it in the chat. Um, yeah, so I just ranked every Silverchair and Daniel John's release for NME Australia, which is really cool. Um, like obviously a legendary publication, but they just opened an Australian branch and um, it was also cool because the album I ranked number one, which is 2002's Diorama, um, they gave a very negative review of it in 2002. So it was fun to um, correct the record in the same. <laughs> the to same revisit magazine. it, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny to see uh, Mr. Ralph Silvetto in this chat because I saw him and Mrs. Silvetto on Twitter interacting about this crazy psychotic news story oh geez yeah what is going on in the land down under this is the article um it's from blabbermouth.net i'll credit the savettos the headline is man who slashed woman's throat after hearing voices of metallica members found not guilty Mm. you i had um had you heard about this news story at all i hadn't until today so i had a read of the news story and um Seems like the guy was like super troubled, um, oh, yeah. possibly suffering from schizophrenia or something. But um, yeah, attacked a woman 
in a shopping center. Despite the grisly headline, she's still alive. So oh, that's good. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. Uh, but he was not convicted because he was found to be, um, yeah, mentally. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't Insane. know. But yeah, that's. Unwell. That's sad, but yeah. Yeah, hmm. yeah it's a tragic story i'm glad to hear she is well um yeah. and at least he's getting the help he needs but that i had not heard that news story at all and i was like all right mm. so he is hearing he claims to have heard the voices of james heffield and lars ulrich attacked uh this poor woman because of it all in that crazy land down under where yes, mr indeed. richard s he calls home <laughs> and he loves it does get pretty crazy here and he loves men at work he they all love Nick Cave because he is a god. And um, I think everybody in the chat right now should write, put another shrimp on the barbie because Richard loves hearing that because he is Australian. I'm glad that finally, after all this time, we were able to address all these stereotypes because it turns <laughs> out they're not stereotypes. It's what you live with every single day, Richard. You can ask about my Chinese heritage on another podcast. <laughs> another. <laughs> and Richard himself writes in the chat, put another Barbie on the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to some positive Metallica news now. Um, hmm. So we have, uh, first of all, after all that joshing around, let me cheers you, Richard, with a little internight pilsner that i'm drinking uh this evening Shit. during metallicast live you got the coffee going on because it's morning there it's nighttime here yes, um so yeah. neither of us are alcoholics it's nighttime here it's okay for me to drink <laughs> richard's not drinking because it's the morning everything's okay everybody calm down we're all good here <laughs> we we don't have better things to do <laughs> So if you hear trapped inside our houses. <laughs> so if you hear a, a can open at some point, that's just me opening my second Internet Pilsner, which is next to me waiting when I finish this one. Or it's Richard yeah. opening up a beer because he's just given up on life because of quarantine. One of the two. <laughs> you can guess which one. Mm. Um all right, so some awesome Metallica news coming out. Um oh before we get to that, I almost forgot. I, I shared this on the Twitter machine at Metallica's pod. I text Metallica about tonight. <laughs> so I'm just eagerly awaiting any moment. James, Lars, Kirk, and or Rob to join the fun. I, I text them. I'll, this is our text conversation right here. I know you can't read it. I'll read it to you. It says, hey, I'm inviting James, Lars, Kirk, and Rob to join me and music journalist Richard S. He. For Metallicast Live tonight, 724 at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be on Facebook and YouTube doing a live listen-along to the other new song, Talking SNM 2 and more. And then I wrote, Wow. I know the band is not reading this, but this should be a fun thing for social, though the invite is for real. And then I sent the link for them to join. So, I'm expecting any second now, any second, one of them's going to click that link and join this here conversation. So stay tuned. Ralph says... I have an empty oh. can of internet. James called me, said he would be late. All right. So uh, that's good to know that he's just running late. He's just running behind schedule. James Hatfield is obviously on his way. Um, he would not miss this for the world. He loves Nick Cave. He loves Australians. He 
So yeah. he would not miss this for the world. Um, I know Nick Cave personally. <laughs> I don't. I wish you did, because then I would force you to introduce me. Mm. But now, see, this is just awkward because you really do not know him. So I'd be like, here's the lover man himself, Brandon Metallicast. <laughs> and I would say, it is for love, baby. And I'll just go through all the letters and he'd be like, get this guy the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, if your can is empty, what are you going to do about that, buddy? You got to get a refill here on the internet and drink, mm. drink up so I can cheers you, buddy. Um, all right. On to the Metallica news. So obviously last week, Major news out of Metallica camp with SNM2. Um, obviously, the concerts happened back in September. It was in theaters in October. And we have all been twiddling our thumbs and awaiting other news as to when we can expect an album, Blu-ray, and all that good stuff. Um, because of James going to rehab and, of course, COVID-19. Things were pushed back, and now finally on August 28th, we are getting S&M 2. I'm assuming, Richard, you've had a chance to oh, hear. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, did you were you did you did have the opportunity to see it in theaters back in October? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to see it in this huge, like, 1920s Art Deco theater we have in Melbourne that's still running. I was on the balcony. There were, like, I think there were a total of, like, four people at this screening. Because it was like one of the last ones that oh, they did yeah. for SNM2. But it was playing way too loud, for one. <laughs> so I had to bring my earplugs. <laughs> um, you know what they say, yeah, if it's too incredible. loud, it's too old. Hey, Henry. Welcome hey, to Henry. Metallicast Live. Continue. Um, yeah. Um, I was completely flattened by the experience. Blew my mind, blew my face off. And yeah, I've been waiting. Because I was like, how am I going to get to relive this experience? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the clips are amazing. The trailer's great. Yeah. The, um, they put out Nothing Else Matters and All Within My Hands. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to rack my brains and, like, kind of see how they've actually re-edited the show. Although, I feel I like know. we'll never really know. It'll just be in our memories because yeah, like, I... the movie version probably isn't going to come out. I know. So. I was thinking the same thing where... Um... You know, I, I when I'm listening to All Within My Hands, when I'm watching the clip or, you know, doing so with Nothing Else Matters as well, I'm like, I'm trying to hear the difference or see a difference. But it was so long ago, mm-hmm. and there's no record of it in my brain that is clear enough to determine what exactly the difference is. But I will say yeah. it sounded great in theaters, and the, yep. the trailer uh, and the clips of both songs – it's beautifully shot and it sounds fantastic. The production, the mix, all of it just sounds really, really great. Beautiful. I am. I'm hoping to write an article about it, um, like the reasons why SNM two is better than the first. Controversial, but I think I believe it. So, you know, I I, I definitely have to live with SNM two a bit more before mm. I make a decision but i think there are big arguments um to back that up because uh Mm. you know the band was going into this time with the experience and i think personally my personal opinion right now is that the band's playing at an all-time high in terms of Mm. musicianship and tightness and i and i just really like 
See, I think with S and M one, the risk was doing it. That yes, was the experiment. Exactly. Was the yeah. was them playing with the orchestra. Now that they had done that ten years later, now they're able to take more chances and more risk musically. So we got, you know, Unforgiven Three, we got the classical pieces, we got Anesthesia pulling teeth. Um yeah. it, like that second half of S and M two is just beautiful. It, just yeah, it's just it's beautifully done, and it's just chance, like risk after risk after risk, um, up until you get to the last few, you know, songs that close out the set. Um, to get yeah. to the chat here, Henry says, or Ralph says, I heard they sold out the deluxe box set. More on the way, though. Henry adds, no reservation when hoping to be able to buy the super deluxe by around release time. Ralph says, that was clear and richer in sound. Seems like orchestra parts were enhanced in new mix. Yeah. I think so. Might just depend on um, how you saw it in like the theater and stuff as well. Yeah. But yeah, I imagine it would be because um, it's not easy to mix an entire band and an orchestra in like three weeks. No, it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to like really live with those arrangements and those parts and know what to bring out more and what to push mm. back more and. I'm interested to see, excuse me, I'm interested to see um, the the arrangements that were on SNM 1 that appear on SNM 2. I'm interested yes, to see, exactly. you know, he, hear them back to back and compare and contrast. Um, Play them alongside each other, in fact. Yeah. Like one in left, one in right. Right, because I, I swear when I saw it in movies, there were a couple parts and a couple of the original yeah. arrangements where I was like, I don't remember that part. I don't know if it was the Agreed. mix I don't know if it was newly arranged in sections. So I'm really interested in revisiting those songs and seeing what is different, what is the same, and what totally. they execute better and or worse. Mm. Yeah. I think um I think my favorite thing about the show was just to see the band and everyone kind of acknowledging their mortality and the fact that time had passed, you know? Yeah. Because it is so easy for like rock stars just to pretend that like the 80s never ended and metallica are not yeah. that yeah you know um they've grown up like james is looking his age in that show but like looking fantastic um and you have them like acknowledging the passing of michael Kamen. right um james is singing like very vulnerably um unforgiven three all that so yeah just fascinating yeah to see like the world's you know literally the world's biggest rock band go big but also go like small in that way at the same time there's a really interesting um interview it's not a long read that was on metallica.com um that they did with greg feidelman um the producer um of their last couple releases and snm2 and he gives a little bit of background because he was heavily involved in the project along with um the band and michael tilson thomas and edwin outwater and they all worked very collaboratively together to make this happen. So he has a lot of interesting insight into obviously the production end of it, but also um, some of the choices they make. And he talks a little bit about um, very briefly about like, you know, the unforgiven three and um, you know, James preparing for that and whatever. So I would, I would definitely check out that article if you have a chance. Um, I myself am hopefully going to be working on an S and M related article. Uh, for metaltalk.net so i'll be sharing that uh if and when it is published but i'm thinking it will be 
So I guess we'll have competing S and M articles. And uh, sorry to say, we Richard, might. but uh... <laughs> if mine gets commissioned, I don't know if it will. So fingers crossed. Um, I think what you need, Richard, is a uh, if obviously you want your articles to get commissioned and put out there, but you need an outlet for the for the ones that get less behind because I think that would be a fantastic mm. article either way. Indeed. Me wants to read it. <laughs> Is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I thought I liked their choice of songs that they released first. Um, I thought it was smart mm. to do "Nothing Else Matters." It's a obviously familiar song for people, and it gave you it, it, they gave you one song that appeared on S and M one, and one song that did not. Um, I'll be honest, one song I've, that appeared on Saint Anger, right? Which is uh, you loved, which is uh, you know. And, and the acoustic arrangement for All Within My Hands is fantastic. And I and I mm. the only bad part about the acoustic arrangements that came before is that I don't think I'll ever be able to go back after S and M to to hearing it without yes. the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it it so that'll be another interesting thing too, is because I think, you know, from S and M one there are a couple songs that I think a lot of Metallica fans would agree are now like the definitive version of that song. Like for me, the S and M version of Call of Cthulhu is the definitive version of that. That might be blasphemy for some people, but I would much rather listen to the S and M version with the orchestra than the Ride the Lightning version. I think, uh, I, you know, I think for, um, the album version to me, it's one of the weaker instrumentals, but with the orchestra, it has a whole other layer. And it really elevates it to one of their top instrumentals, in my opinion. Yeah, and now we're going to get two versions. Right. So now I'm interested yeah. to see on SM2 if we get, you know, is there going to be a definitive version of a song like Unforgiven 3? I have a feeling for me, SM2 might oh, yeah. go down as that. That will be the definitive version of that song that I always want to revisit and listen to rather than the Death Magnetic version. I think no question. Um, I think for me, that song has always been For Whom the Bell Tolls, actually. Um, that The S&M 1 version is the one I'm actually most attached to. Um, really? Not yeah. that the original isn't a classic, but just, you know, like I've memorized every James like ad-lib to the crowd <laughs> in that version. So. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, on a, a while back, I it, when S&M 2 was first announced, I did uh, an episode about S&M with Nick Makoviak. Um, mm. check it out if you've not already. And, uh, we were both saying how there was a period of time, at least for me, there was a period of time where I listened to S and M so much that it was weird going back to the album versions because I'd want mm. to sing like James's ad libs or I'd be like, Oh, that, that string parts missing that horn parts missing because the arrangements got so ingrained in my brain for some of those songs after a while, it was weird going back to the album versions. Uh, for those of you tuning in to Metallicast Live, I'm joined by Richard S.C. We're talking SM2 right now. Please join the chat. Uh, join the fun. We have a lot of Metallica goodness ahead. Um, any yes. other thoughts on SM2 before we continue on? Mm, no, just bring it on, honestly. it's I can't believe it's almost been a year already. I know. You know? It's crazy. I mean, I guess it's coming on nine months, so it's been a, a normal length pregnancy 
<laughs> well, I think originally they were saying February. Hi, Winnie. Welcome to uh, Metallica. Oh, that's my mom. Hi, mom. Hi. That's Richard's mom. Hi. She tuned in last time and um, I didn't see her message. So, yeah. Hi from, uh, she's in Singapore. Hello so, from, hi. hello from America to Singapore. Um, welcome to Metallicast Live, Richard's mom. Welcome. Um, is Richard, is your mother a Metallica fan? Um, I don't think so, but I could talk her into a few songs. <laughs> like from S&M <laughs> send too. her nothing else matters. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this to be released in August, uh, August 28th. It, it was originally rumored, I believe for February, like I said, kept on getting pushed back due to rehab, due to COVID and all the craziness going on out there, but it's finally coming and it's coming in many different packages. Uh, Ralph already mentioned the chat, the deluxe, uh, edition that you had to enter to buy because there's limited copies, but sounds like maybe there'll be more on the way. Then there's another box set, and then they have a bunch of different bundles. Basically, you can get it LP, CD, Blu-ray, uh, DVD, and a whole bunch of combinations of two or more of those things. So, Are you uh, planning to get one? Definitely. I, I'd, I'll i be honest with you. I rarely buy albums these days because I subscribe to Apple Music, and I do not have any record stores like within driving range anymore from like right now where i live other than you know like a chain which i have no interest in shopping at best buy or at walmart for their very limited cd selection um so i very rarely buy physical product anymore even though i would probably prefer to just for sound quality and everything but um but yeah, I, I for Metallica, I always get a physical product. They're the one band yeah. they always get something physical for to add to uh, my collection. Yeah, I think I'm hoping to pick up the Blu-ray because, like, if you know, there was any one uh, show or like film to you know test your like your set your system with, it'd be yeah. that, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I to bring it to people's houses and be like, yeah, all right, I'm just gonna. <laughs> slip this thing. Well, they have a. What I'll probably end up getting, I was, I think I was saying to Ralph on Twitter, like I would love the super deluxe box set, but I could not justify spending three hundred dollars to Mrs. Metallicast without ending up divorced or murdered. So, um, <laughs> I most likely will, uh, I'll get the, I'll get it streaming through Apple Music already since I'm a subscriber. So I'll probably get the, oh, yeah. I'll probably get the CD and the Blu-ray bundle, which is really. If you look at the prices too, it's a pretty good deal because it's only like a handful of dollars more, I believe, for to get both those things than it would be to just get one sure. of those things. So um, I definitely it want was a really good price. Yeah. yeah, I definitely want the Blu-ray to see to see it, um, and because I, I the visual of it is just so beautifully shot and is just you know one for the one for the history books, I think. Yeah. So S and N two. August 28th. Other Metallica news that just came out today. Uh, Aftershock Festival will be happening now in 2021. And Metallica will be playing Friday and Sunday night. So same as they were going to. They're doing two nights, two unique sets. And 
that's good news for anybody who was I'm, I'm guessing they're honoring the ticket holders. I'm not sure if they've already refunded everybody or how that's going to work mm. for tickets um, or if they've even announced anything for that yet. But that's good news. And I'm and I'm hoping that means for the ticket holders of the other festivals Metallica was supposed to play that they will be um, also perhaps rescheduled for 2021 because it seems like all of the concerts that were supposed to be happening this summer are just being post, uh, postponed a year. Yeah. I just read that um, they are honoring all 2020 passes and also um, exclusive to anyone who's already bought tickets. Um, they will get to go to the fourth night. Oh, fantastic. Thursday. Well, really the first night, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. That's, that's great news for ticket holders then. So hopefully for people who had, uh, you know, tickets to the other David Wimmer productions that, uh, you know, I always want to call it... Um, I always want to call it Rock on the Range. What's it called now? Ralph, hit me up. In the, that was, that's the one you were going to go to. Yeah. But, I was going to say Rock and Ring, but that's Germany. Yeah, that's Germany. Um, yeah. Ralph is saying we got refunded for all three fests we were planning on attending. Um, yeah. So hopefully well, there'll good. be an opportunity for, you know, if things are postponed, if they're postponed, um, that yes. maybe they'll, they'll be a way. Sonic Temple. Thank you, Ralph. I knew you'd be mm. with it. So hopefully there'll be a way to get... Uh, you know, for original ticket holders to get back in on the action if they do reschedule stuff. But, um, and of course, Australia, you Australians yeah. are still waiting to hear that Metallica news uh, because they, you know, when James went to rehab, obviously things got all uh, delayed. And now with COVID, everything's just up in the air. Yeah. Would love um yeah would love Metallica and Slipknot to do a make good there because Slipknot were opening so right yeah Slipknot in a in a stadium too so that would have been a sight to behold yeah those are going to be yeah. massive shows so hopefully yeah. for the Australian audience they can get those rescheduled in 2021 of course this is all assuming that things are back to normal in 2021 God help us if they mm. are not but um hopefully we are you know back to normal. By next by this time next year and concerts are happening because the music industry needs it and us fans want Absolutely. it yeah <laughs> what <laughs> else time. are we gonna do <laughs> this gonna, apparently <laughs> by by this time next summer there's no concerts everybody watching will have a podcast if they do not already <laughs> if you are watching join the chat um and you missed out at the the concert this past Monday on Metallica Monday. You said Richard, right? Yeah, but shamefully I did. But I've been downloading all of them um, just in case they get pulled off YouTube at some point. Yeah, stockpiling them. Yeah, I think a lot of them. Well, it's funny because I I feel like they say they're only going to be up for a week, but I feel like I've seen some yeah. of them up for longer than a week. But I could be wrong yeah. on that. Um, but I'm sure you can also find them outside of uh, the official Metallica YouTube channel once they are up there. Um, Cause yeah. I'm sure other people will be sharing it, but it was an interesting one this past Monday night. It was one of uh, the shows from 2006 where they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of master puppets. They played the album from start to finish. That was really cool. Um, and they also, it was one of the handful of shows where they played the new song, um, which we talked about the last Metallicast live. And, uh, you know, th this was a song written 
or well, what ended up being Death Magnetic, but the song never was released. They ended up using parts of it in uh, the end of the line and All Nightmare Long and other parts just got scrapped. Um, and it never was officially titled, so it's still to this day called the new song. And the yes. reason I bring that up is because, and part of the reason why I invited you back is because this is sort of the sequel, because we are about to do a live listen along to what is simply known as the other new the song. New song. <laughs> the original um, title. Yeah. So do you, have you heard this and do you remember the last time that you have heard this song? Um, I listened to it last night because um, I've been liking to track down like the actual, you know, um, soundboard recordings of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I won't comment on it yet. Um, I know I definitely heard the new song when it first happened. I don't remember the other one. Yeah. Strangely. So, well, I don't know. the new song. Our internet was bad then. the new song is pretty in line with what you would expect from a metallica song and the other new song is interesting and again i do not want to comment on it too much before we play the song um especially if anybody watching has not heard it yet Uh, but i will say even though it sounds like metallica it definitely is a slightly different direction for them Mm. so that will be the tease Here's Metallica, the other new song live from Soul in 2006. Yeah.
The Facebook comments have rolled in. Um, all right, let me catch up here. We have, uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 Vulturus. do, 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 um, Ralph says there was a really cool riff that got completely left off. Pretty bummed about that. Uh, Ralph says officially, Vulturus. Stephanie says, let's admit it, it ain't that good. Shane says, what the hell was that? LOL. <laughs> okay. Some of you bring in the heat here. Some of you bring in the heat on the Facebook Live. Um, all right. So I, I want to revisit some of those comments. Um, but first, Richard, uh, let me hear what you have to say. I, I like it. I think it's weird in how not weird the song is. Like, it's so straightforward that it's almost like, uh, is that all there is? You know? Yeah. Um, it's, I, I want to say it reminds me of Kill Em All, just in its approach, um, in some of the riffs and the solos. Um, but I don't know, like, James's vocal delivery is so different that it's hard to compare them. Yeah, and also just weird to hear him singing so many like woes. It's very like out of character <laughs> for yeah. him. So it, I don't know what he was like listening to or thinking of at the time. <laughs> well, to me, if I had, if I did not know better, and I heard that song, I'd be like, "Oh, is this like an obscure misfit song that Metallica yes. put their own spin on?" It, it has that punk rock feel. I mean, complete with the riffs the tempo and the whoa that's very all punk yeah. rock um but it's not something you would typically hear in a metallica song um henry says i got the Volturis keychain from the death magnetic coffin box set good east cool. side song though uh stephanie adds hey they tried guess they knew it wasn't metallica material second half is not that bad but first half was wtf um <laughs> Henry says they should have added the two new songs with the Beyond Magnetic EP. That would have been cool to hear like I agree a with studio that, yeah. um, version of those songs on there. Or even if they just drew like a, the live versions on there as well. Um, and not to totally. get too sidetracked, but Beyond Magnetic will be the topic of our next Metallicast full length coming out in another week or two. Um, I'm very intrigued by the prospect of that. Uh, it, it, it was fun revisiting that because that's not one I revisit often. And I could not even mm. remember the last time I heard all four songs in a row from start to finish. Because usually I only hear yeah. those songs when I kind of just hit shuffle on my iPhone and uh, and, and they come up. Um, so that was that was a fun one to revisit and record. And so you'll hear that in, a, in another week or two. Uh, but to uh, focus on... Uh, 
the other new song, Volturas, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, definitely a left field one. Um, you know, I, I think there was a reason why I was left off. It 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 yeah. sounds a little um it it sounds a little been there, done that in terms of uh not necessarily the Metallica catalog, but just in rock music in general. You know, it's nothing yeah. too outstanding outstanding what am i saying there's nothing too outstanding about it. podcast professional everybody i'm blaming the internet pilsner um <laughs> nothing too outstanding about it nothing too uh but it, it's a good catchy song i think you know at the at the end of the day um i i i like the little false finish um yeah it was like reminded me a lot of uh uh motorhead in um oh why am i why is the song escaping me? Metallica covered it too. Um, somebody in the chat helped me out here. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, and I'm a big fan of the Misfits, and that's what it reminds me of. So I, I dug it from that perspective. But yeah, I think generally it was, uh, to quote uh, the boys, a little stock. Yeah, I think any like uniqueness to it comes from the way it's played and not the songwriting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, so too, I think it's probably a better live song than it would be um, on album. Because live, yeah. it has a lot of energy. They look like they're having a lot of fun playing it. Kirk totally. is all smiles. And, um, you know, it, it's a it's a fun song if you're there in the crowd. It's only, you know, a few minutes long. You, it, it's got a faster tempo. You can jump along to it it's catchy you can sing along to it but it, it i'm not sure how well it would translate to a studio recording um i think we'd lose a little bit of that energy a little bit of that fire and it's already kind of stock to begin with and then in, in and i just cannot imagine that song fitting anywhere on death magnetic if you look uh, at those songs they just not fit comfortably at all in that track listing you know what it does remind me of a little it reminds me of like the the bad songs on trivium's the crusade <laughs> where um like i mean i i respect that band right but there was one point there was a point on that album specifically where they were like getting so into like ripping off metallica that it became like kind of funny yeah that, in my opinion they have i do enjoy that album for yeah. what it is but they're the it for those of you not familiar with the crusade uh by trivium it it, it at one point or another it kind of is a it copies every big metal band like you're gonna hear a yeah. riff or so you're like oh that's slayer oh that's pantera oh that's metallica oh that's metallica again oh that's metallica again and then they kind of even have like kind of a uh like an 80s hair metal moment in one of the songs it's a good album i think generally yeah. it, it there's some really solid songwriting on it i mean it was definitely a little bit left field for them but yeah i can i definitely can hear what you <laughs> hear that a little bit in uh in what you say it reminds me a bit of the old joke that um i think it was someone in metallica made this joke that when metallica's on stage they're actually miming and like all of Pantera is actually backstage and like playing the real instruments. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like that, but with Trivium. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, you know, when Trivium started out, I remember their thing was like world domination. Like they basically were totally. like, we are, we are the new Metallica. And then on that mm -hmm. album, they were like, we are going to play as much like Metallica as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do enjoy that album, but 
the mm-hmm. the one that came before Ascendancy and the one that came after Shogun far totally. far superior. But, you know, this is not Trivium cast, Richard, so get off the topic, okay? Stop talking about Trivium, all right? This is about Metallica. (laughs) This is about the other new song. This is about Vulturos. So yeah, at least it was about (laughs) Vulturos. It was. I think the general consensus is that, you know, it it deserves to be left off. But I I, I do think it's a fun live song. I think it would be fun for them to to pull out um, this song randomly at at some live show, like just come yeah. out and instead of doing like, um, uh, you know, last caress or die, die, my darling, or so what, just throw that in, throw the song into the slot. I'm sure most people there would be like, what the fuck uh, is this? This has to be, you have to be a really hardcore Metallica fan. I feel like to be like, Oh, they're playing the other new song from 2006. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I quite like the new song. So this is yeah definitely like a cut below. Yeah, but well, you know, mean, it's nice to have one that's like worth going back to, I guess. Well, I mean, look at it at this least. way: the new song they took parts and used it in Death Magnetic songs, right? We already yeah. mentioned they used riffs in the end of the line, they used riffs in All Nightmare Long, in Vulturas. None of those, none of those parts were used on Death Magnetic. No. Excuse me. None of those parts were even used in Beyond Magnetic, so. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, Henry says future box set material. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see a Metallica box set with outtakes like yeah. this. Um, you know, and Richard, you being a St. Anger fan, I know you must be clamoring to hear the Presidio tapes at some point. I'm curious. I think they will prove to people that the album saint anger is not so raw and so like uncomposed as some people say it is if you know what i mean yeah like um if you just take those my theory is that if you just take those raw riffs and just jam on them like uh you You don't get much of an album but (laughs) that That was a beautiful uh but but yeah i'm curious that's all I'll yeah. say. I don't expect them to be good songs, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not expecting good songs, but I'm really interesting to hear what they have. Stephanie writes, must be left in the same drawer where Dead Kennedy Rolls is. Yeah, that's the one that seems to live on the most from the Presidio Sessions as Dead Kennedy oh, Rolls. Yeah. Um, and then there is the one, um, Temptation, which you actually hear a clip of in Some Kind of Monster. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like brutally heavy, but very like down-tuned, very... Um, almost like doomy not really what you'd expect from metallica um but yeah i'm intrigued to hear uh that stuff just for well just because i'm a metallica nerd but i'm I'm not expecting to hear it and unearth any great lost masterpiece (laughs) ralph says delete that (laughs) (laughs) delete that i mean are you I, i think everybody can agree we want to hear that weird intro thing that they recorded the that you hear in some kind of monster where uh Torben Ulrich famously says delete that <laughs> yeah recover that <laughs> um i'm trying to think of everybody's reaction you know considering how strong of a reaction saint anger got from people now imagine if it started with that just wow. James sounding like he's in an echo chamber, as uh, <laughs> Torben put it. 
Oh, dear. How many people would not have made it to track two? <laughs> Everyone but me. <laughs> and you, actually. I Yeah, I mean, I would... I would have powered through and been like, "Yeah, where did this go? This is weird." I mean, they should call it Beyond Sananga. <laughs> the um, Beyond Sananga. I, I mean, listen, if they were like, we're selling it for twenty bucks, I would buy it for twenty bucks or any price because I want to hear it. I'm a Metallica nerd. I want to hear it. Uh, but I, I, if there is some uh, box set in our future at some point, Ralph says out in twenty thirty. <laughs> Stephanie says it's all studio material unfinished. I'm sure a finished production, different lyrics might have worked out. Yeah, and I think you yeah. can see I, uh, Saint Angry or Ralph says. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, you know, you can, you know, they, they always kind of, that's the criticism that the band themselves has given to Load Reload sometimes is that, you know, there's probably some songs that, they're, that they could finesse and, you know, and make it into something. Um, even if it maybe would have made the album more solid overall, if it was left off or, um, and I, and so I think, I think this band has a talent to take any riff that they write and kind of finesse it into something that's, uh, pretty decent, but, uh, you know, pretty decent Metallica is a lot different than, uh, masterpiece Metallica because they're, when they're at their best, as we all know, they just are truly phenomenal indeed what a band um so we richard and i both thought it would might be fun to end this with a uh a couple weird cover songs of metallica um for those of you who might be new to metallicast i used to end uh for the great majority of this podcast life so far i used to end each full-length episode with uh a cover of a metallica song and basically it got to the point where i just could not keep track of the songs i'd already used and um the podcast thankfully has uh continued to grow and grow and i just sort of wanted to um you know be respectful to the artists and not to just use tons and tons of music without uh permission um to be quite frank but um because realistically nobody was ever supposed to hear this outside of uh me and my mother but um and greg <laughs> and greg <laughs> but yet here we are um but um i thought it would be fun to do a cover song um little segment here from metallicast live um and uh richard sends me one that he thought was a little weird and i chose one that um, i thought was a little weird so we'll at least play a clip of both these. We'll see if we'll, we'll do the full versions, but at least we'll play a couple minutes of each one. Um, and I'm interested, of course, to hear what you have to say about them in the chat. So this first one is a uh, it's a cover of a deep, of a deep, deep cut in Metallica catalog. Um, a little-known song called Inter Sandman. And I'm not going to say anything else about it. I'm just going to play it. Um... This was Richard's selection for Weird Metallica cover. Um, but you know what? It's sort of badass in its own way. And you, I think you'll see what I mean um, when you hear it and see it. Here we go. You're not getting audio. 
No, I try. I messaged you on two platforms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right, let me try again. Take two. <laughs> seeing the, the video, seeing the video without the audio is even weirder. <laughs> Just imagine what it sounds like in your head. Right? Imagine what a bunch of eight to ten-year-olds playing it sounds like, and then um. Well, what what you get is is better than that. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, you know, this streamyard is uh, a little little twixta, little twixta, because uh, yeah. you can share your screen, but then you have to select share audio separately. Like, why yeah. would I want to share my screen without the audio? Duh, yeah. I'm playing Metallica, or kind of. Anyways, all right, take two. Richard, just yell at me if. Uh, uh, you're not hearing it this time, okay? I'll give the wrestling X sign if I can't hear it.
So that's the class Brandon teaches on Thursdays. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, Metallica for beginners. Yeah. Um, That's your day job. (laughs) I mean, for kids, so that is the mini band, um, which I believe is like 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds. For, uh, you know, for kids their age, that's pretty badass. But I, I, I yeah, mean, it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's also hilarious, but yeah. I, I, the, the kid doing his best Hetfield impression, he did it like, a little, you know, like a little, yeah. Um, the, the thing I find funniest, it's just the prospect of the bridge, right? The now I lay me down to sleep, part, except it's one kid. <laughs> It's one kid telling another kid. <laughs> you yeah. know, so that was like the St. Anger version of it. It was like, now I lay me down to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Pray the Lord. You know, it was. Uh. Uh, um, Ralph says their vocal is braver than me. I won't sing in front of anyone. That I, uh-huh. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do that. But Ralph, I'm sure you have the voice of an angel. Yeah, I bet. Um, Henry says, can't wait to see a future video of those kids growing up and watching themselves. Well, well I think probably... the video is like 10 years old or something, so. Oh, well, then they're yeah. probably already in a touring band and making more money than any of us, so. We suck. <laughs> 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 All right, so that was your choice for a weird cover song. Definitely a little, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure nobody expected uh, to hear, you know, eight and nine year olds cover inter salmon at some like country festival or wherever that was in the uk Um, i think was it the uk yeah i looked up i think i just looked up like weird metallica covers and i scrolled past a bunch that i'd seen before i came across this i was like oh okay and like a minute in i'm like i'm not gonna be able to top this this is perfect (laughs) ralph says new members of slipknot yeah, see now you know where who like yes. the mysterious replacements are that keep on entering this band as people quit and whatnot. Yeah, you know? it's all those kids under mask. <laughs> uh, all right, I will I will play my selection this time. I promise you, I will um, also share the audio with you so you can hear it. Um, this might be a few months too early. Um, what I'm about to share, and I I think you'll understand what I'm saying um, when you hear it. So here we go. This is a cover of um, uh, my personal favorite Metallica song off my personal favorite Metallica album. Master! Master! So I'm queuing it up here. Sharing the audio this time because I'm a podcast professional and I know what I'm doing. I just want to make quick note that the mini band video definitely scared away a lot of viewers. Aww. <laughs> they were intimidated by the talent. <laughs> but this one... It's going to bring them all back. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you alive? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Richard's reading the text on screen.
Merry Christmas! Yeah!
<laughs> you are all welcome. Hope you enjoyed my air guacan spiel. <laughs> I saw you going there. Um, um, shout out to the the to the chat that made me <laughs> laughter. Giggle. Song. Uh, so yeah. that was uh, Santa Claus, C L A W S, and the Naughty But Nice Orchestra. <laughs> Apparently, they have an album called "And Christmas for All," featuring a ton of Metallica covers. I believe they do, you know, "Welcome Home Sanitarium." I think the Unforgiven. Wow. There's a bunch out there. I've not listened to any of them except this one. In fact, that was my first time listening to this full thing. <laughs> um, if I'm being honest with all of you. Uh, Shane said, just when I thought it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ralph goes, this works. We don't know what month it is anyway. Oh, so my wife likes the vibraphone, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> um, Ralph says, oh. And there's a glockenspiel, which is always a good time. <laughs> Henry adds on soundtrack to the apocalypse. Shane being uh, a little Scrooge says, um, I think I got some taxes to do or something. Um, Henry says, Master Puppets remastered box under the x mystery. Shane also adds on longest elevator ride ever. <laughs> I just want to say that... Um... The song Master of Puppets is technically about Easter because it starts with, you know, end of passion play. <laughs> so they're a few months late on that one. True, true. If you think about it. <laughs> I enjoy I, it, though. I like to think of it as the gift that keeps on giving. Correct. And I think um, all I have to say is when December rolls around and Christmas is right around the corner... You all fucked because I'm gonna be pulling out a lot of these. <laughs> I bet because it's Metallica too. There's probably like ten different Christmas tributes to Metallica. <laughs> I'm sure that I, there are. Can I tell you a story? Right. Um, please. So please. I don't think I've told this before. Maybe I have. But the first like Metallica professional tribute act, I believe, was Apocalyptica. Right. The famous, you know, plays Metallica by four cellos. They're four right. guys, I think, from Finland. And, um, yeah, they got famous for doing Metallica covers on cello while being very metal. Really cool musicians. They, they launched an entire career off of it. Yeah, they even um, they even opened for Metallica. And I think yeah. have, have played with them or... Was that... When they opened for them, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was when they were doing the all-cover... Um, yeah the all cover shows to promote garage Inc because yes. they were not playing any Metallica songs. They were just playing cover songs. Correct. Yeah. And they had apocalypse open for them playing Metallica songs, I believe. Yes. Or the, perhaps they did that with another Metallica tribute band, but I, I think it was them, but yeah. So apocalyptica, their success basically kicked off this cut, co this cottage industry of not just Metallica covers, but, metal covers in general, right? Right. The Vitamin String Quartet, uh, Harptalica, Metallica for Babies, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Bluegrass Metallica. Them, yeah, over the years. And um, one thing is because, you know, the, the way, like, Blabbermouth and metal media covers this stuff, you know, it could, like, very easily go viral, right? You send yeah. out a press release, everywhere publishes it, blah, blah, blah. So at one point, you know like a decade ago, whatever, you know, Metallica in every single format has been covered. 
right? You can't think of another possible way to cover Metallica. And then right. I saw a press release on Metal Sucks or somewhere saying, hey, where Metallica performed on two cellos, we had heard Metallica played on harp, heard Metallica played on flute, but never on cello. So we decided to be the first to do it. And I was just like... <laughs> 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 anyway short um, memory it is like a huge industry right now where yeah or not just right now but in general for years now with like all these tribute albums it's really amazing um i i know when i saw the big four show at yankee stadium after metallica was done playing everybody was leaving they did play um, or the loudspeakers, the bluegrass, or one of the bluegrass oh, yeah. Metallica tributes, <laughs> which yeah, was fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> yeah, there's Ralph so much adds... out there. You could like literally become a podcast that only talks about Metallica tributes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ralph, as they did the 30th anniversary shows with them too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, apoc. I, is there any other example? Not to go too off topic but is there any other example of a band that started as basically a tribute to another band and was able to launch an entire career out of it and by doing like original material and stuff down the road i mean i'm sure there have been but most of them haven't been based around paying tribute to like one band yeah yeah i feel like everyone started out playing covers in some way yeah. Well, yeah. That I mean, Metallica started off playing covers too. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I cannot think of any, any example like Apocalyptica where it was you know four cellos play Metallica. I remember having mm-hmm. that CD, and they were you know that was all that they were. They were uh, Metallica tribute yeah. act, and then I know they came out with other albums after that. That but I believe even those were more covers. They did some additional Metallica covers. And yeah. I think they did some other metal bands, like maybe like Pantera and some others. Yeah. And then, um, but at some point, they segued into doing original material. Yeah. And they added a vocalist, and Drum they up. really like fe- kind of found their own sound, and they still got a long career doing all that and more. So, yeah, kudos to them. I just can't think of another um, band that has like a same like career trajectory as that. Yeah, such a unique place to start and end up well i was gonna say that um <laughs> that you know technically metallica started off as a dave mustaine cover band because you know he wrote all uh, the riffs, so. well technically they still are a dave mustaine cover band because he's still running Oof. all the riffs why do you think the i mean it only makes sense why do you think all right conspiracy theory time okay so Megadeth has released a new album every couple years. It takes Metallica now. It was eight years between Death Magnetic and Hardwired to self-destruct. Why? Because Mustaine was too busy writing rest for all the Megadeth albums. Now, here's the catch, though. Here's the catch. All those Megadeth albums that have come out, in my opinion, little middle of the road, a little stock. Why? He was saving the best riffs for Death Magnetic and Hardwired to self-destruct. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Yeah. 
Metallica is Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine is Metallica to this day in 2020. And don't forget Bon Jovi is Megadeth because um, the Megadeth song <laughs> Super Collider is literally Keep the Faith by Bon Jovi. Wait, is that a real thing? Yeah, it's like the exact same chord progression. All right, now I'm going to have to check that out after we're done recording. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I've been fortunate enough to um, do some more interviews lately with uh, people I really respect and admire. And, um, Great shows. I, I, uh, I would love to one day, I bring that up only because I would love to one day do an interview with Dave Mustaine and or David Ellison, but I know I've already burnt that bridge. <laughs> You'll have to start a separate feed just to change <laughs> yeah. your name. Brandon Megadeth Cast. <laughs> I mean, I love Megadeth. I really do. And I'm a, uh, I, I love their work, but I just, you know, they, they, they're just an easy target. And I mean, Ralph, the man, Savetto is saying it himself in the chat. Oh man, most of the recent death albums are unlistable. I agree. It, it's I like didn't how. realize that because I could only make it through Super Collider once. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with a lot of uh, the recent Megadeth albums is that, like, since I remember, I really liked the System Has Failed, which was like his yeah. comeback. That's my um, second favorite, actually. Yeah, I really liked that record. Um, and then I believe the follow was United Abominations. That to me was like kind of a mixed, yeah. had mixed results. And that was the last Megadeth album I remember coming out and listening to more than once, to be honest with you. Maybe yeah. 13 I listened to a couple times, but I quickly moved on from that. And the other ones like Super Collider, um, uh, I forget even the other ones that. I were... like Endgame. I think. Oh, Endgame was one of them. Yeah. Um, but like all those just blend in with each other. Like I couldn't tell you like what songs are on what of those albums. They all just blend in. Um, Ellison still might be a possibility. He's nice. Ellison is, yeah. uh, comes across as an extremely uh, nice guy. Um, and uh, I think he would actually laugh at the fact that we do the Ellison drinking game on my other podcast, uh, yeah. the Course Pain podcast. I think he would actually get a kick out of that. Um, Andy puts out a best of or some kind of compilation every other year. Yeah, it, it's it's so true. Like it's just it in even like I think Dystopia was their best album in years. Mm-hmm. I still have only listened to it once or twice. It, it yeah. still is not like a standout album to me. I just think compared to the few albums that came before it, it's better than. I I, I really like their current lead guitarist. I think he. Yeah, adds a lot of flavor to the band. I, um, and I, he reminds me a lot of Marty Freeman in the way he plays, which I like. Um, but you know, the songs have to be there. I, I really yeah. want a great Megadeth record. I know they're making one now. I, I, I truly yeah. hope as much as I poke fun, I love Megadeth. They're one of my favorite bands, and I really, really would love um, just a masterpiece of an album from them. But I just have my doubts because I just feel like they are. Uh, you know, just kind yeah. of skating through the 2000s. It's rolling on, you know? Yeah. Hey, Brandon, do you know what the most recent Megadeth compilation is called? No. It's it's a best of one of, yeah, one of a million. It's called Warheads on Foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> but why? <laughs> uh, 
Because nuclear war is always at the front of your mind. <laughs> Apparently. Um, I'm checking that. that. That's correct. Yes. And the album cover is like uh, a, a fighter jet with a ton of missiles on it. So, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, I, uh... Ralph says, and he's remixed his stuff to death. Oh my god! I mean, if you go back and listen to the episode I did with uh, Stephen Brooks from Crypt Sermon, we actually touch upon a little bit the Megadeth remasters. Yeah, those are bad. Yeah. The like the here's the thing with the remat with the if you remaster an album, don't change the original intent and sound of that record. Yeah, like you you go back and listen to some of those remasters and you're like, this part wasn't even on the original album. It yeah. sounds like a completely different mix, a completely different song. And like, if that's your intention, that's fine, but don't advertise it as that album. And now it's hard to even find the original mixes of those records. So this is going to be like the new staple that like a new generation hears, especially through streaming. And it's just, it's a disaster. It's, it's, it's a mess. Even like, um, I actually revisited um, Risk like a year ago. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a good Megadeth album, but I don't think it's a yeah. bad album. I think there's. I think the, there's some hidden gems on there. Obviously, some filler too. Uh, but I was like, this doesn't even sound like the original album. It's like every mm. song is like a completely different mix. And then I, I remember going back to So Far, So Good, So What, well, which I think is a very underrated Megadeth record. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And I'm like, this is a disaster. Why? Like, you know, when Metallica's doing their remasters, it's going to sound like a better version of what you know. You're not going to hear. Totally. Like, in Justice for All, maybe some people would want a new mix with the bass, but you're not going to hear it. You're going to hear the original intent of that record. Just modernize for you know modern stereo systems you know i just want to say that the censored version of these boots by megadeth is an abomination <laughs> oh, that's that should not bad. exist just delete it yeah delete i would it. say delete that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, anyways no how what is it about me that every Metallicast episode ends up with Damascene oppressions, then ends up with a Megadeth rant? What is wrong with me, Richard? As he, what is well, wrong it, it with me? It took about seventy-five minutes to get there, and I brought it up, so uh, <laughs> I think it means that we're enabling you. It's fine. You can keep on enabling me. I'll allow it because I, I, I need to get it off my chest. You know, yeah. I, I part of the reason I started this podcast was because. My wife was tired of hearing me talk about Metallica all the time to her. Um, I know. Spoiler alert, I still talk about them all the time. Um, but um, I really, you know, if she's tired of hearing about Metallica, you can imagine what she's, how she's feeling about my Megadeth rant. So this is like mm-hmm. my safe space to really speak my mind about this the state of Megadeth. <laughs> what, what's her what's her taste? But in I'm music rooting like? for them. Huh? What's her taste in music like? She has a I she has a wide range in taste. She likes uh metal and rock. She likes Metallica. Oh. Um and uh 
but she listens to like a lot of uh pop music she likes a lot of like lady gaga miley cyrus she likes um she loves like country western music Hmm. um including like modern day like pop country she really likes like i like old school country like johnny cash willie nelson you know the outlaws um i love hank three but um yeah she's into she has a good range of stuff but she's into a lot of that type of stuff but uh you know she will listen to metal and rock she's seen metallica live with me and uh loves their live show um but yeah, she doesn't want to hear about them twenty four seven, and I want to talk about them twenty four seven. So, <laughs> hey, um, speaking of pop country, one cover I came across was um, Luke Bryan uh, segueing from one of his songs into Anna Sandman and back. That's really I saw good. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that, and not something at all I would expect from him. Nah, he got a voice. Um, Shane says, FYI, my wife told me I had to quit arguing with people on Facebook who called down Metallica with bullshit comments. Anyone else have this problem? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... you know, we are, we are a proud, loyal few. Well, not few. There's a lot of us, but we are a proud, loyal group. And, uh, we definitely let our voices be heard. I took those comments criticisms. and turned them into articles. <laughs> and then got paid and then made other people angrier so <laughs> who's laughing now huh i mean if huh? you want to talk about um defending metallica against the haters this man wrote an entire essay defending saint anger um <laughs> so i mean if anything you're the you're the king of arguing with the haters <laughs> king nothing king nothing yes but you know what richard you're my yeah. hero of the day oh you're my master of podcasts oh you know what you're not what you ain't my bitch hey hey don't talk um, to me talk to two by four time to meet my lord hey um some good news. I just bought the house that Jack built. Wow. Wow. Well, this podcast might as well just go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, your mother showed up. Mama said. All right. I think we're, I think we're no really dragging this out now. All right. Richard, any final words for Metallicast Live? Yeah, I have a what final image for you. It's Dumb and Dumber on VHS. <laughs> I That's us. love that movie. That is <laughs> us, Dumb and Dumber. Henry and Lloyd. That is one of my all-time favorite movies. And the fact that you have it on VHS really touches my heart. Um, I'm going to play... I'm going to bring it full circle to the beginning of this. I'm going to play the role of Dumb America. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's where we started. You... So, Richard... Um, no DVDs, Blu-ray, or streaming in Australia yet is what I'm seeing. You just have VCRs. <laughs> um, yeah, we got kangaroos to drop off the VHSs from Blockbuster here. Uh, you have... Um, uh, is kangaroo like your Uber? Do you know what an Uber is? You've heard about uh, it from America? Is that like the the little baby that goes in the pouch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, oh, Richard S. He. He's a silly Australian man. 
Well, if there's one thing we learned, he's Australian. He loves men at work. He worships the god that is Nick Cave. And one day, Metallica and Slipknot will play a stadium there. Damn right. Richard, where can everybody find you on the social media? I'm on Twitter at RSH underscore E-L-L-E. That's the main place. E-L-L-E-L, your pop dual group. Any new music yes. coming our way soon? Uh, we're working on a few things, yeah. Hoping to put out uh, a, a semi-full length before the end of the year, so we will see how that goes. Been playing a lot of bass guitar on the new songs, so. You do? Yeah, no guitar, just bass. Interesting. You tapping into your inner Cliff Burden? Yeah, actually, yeah, channeling him a bit as an influence, so. Awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Sorry? I'm looking forward to hearing it. Thank you. And anything else you want to plug? You plugged out your new. um, uh, Silver chair uh, piece. Yeah, your silver chair piece. There is a. Do not hate me. I know he listens. Uh, Daniel, who does uh, the Silver Chair podcast. Uh, what is the name of his podcast again? Can you remember? You've been on it. Too, too much of not enough uh, Silver Chair podcast. Yeah, I want to plug because I know he's supporter of this podcast, uh, mm. which I appreciate. Um, and you've made appearances on his Silver Chair podcast. Basically, yeah, Richard found fame and fortune on Metallicast. is now just sleeping around, horn it up <laughs> with all these other podcasts. You're not wrong. This is home base, the sanitarium, <laughs> so to speak. I appreciate it. Anything else you want to plug, though? Um, uh, Metallicast. It's a little show. Ran, ran out of a basement. Really? In Connecticut. Really? Yeah. Is the host uh, as sexy as he sounds? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Follow Metallicast on social at MetallicastPod on Facebook the Twitter machine and Instagram. Please, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe, download, and leave a positive five star review on Apple Podcasts. It'd be mm. greatly appreciated. We got to cancel out a couple one star reviews. I got one guy says, I'm the epitome of a Metallica fanboy. He makes me <laughs> hate him. He makes me. Yeah, I Apparently, I piss him off that he. I make him hate being a fan of Metallica, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and there was another one-star review. He was really upset, Richard, about our April Fool's joke <laughs> with <laughs> Dave Mustaine side project MD45. Yeah, he was. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I think I've gotten good reviews. So please keep them coming in five-star reviews. Um, it will greatly help the podcast. I've had um, the opportunity to have some really cool guests on lately and five-star reviews and downloads and subscription numbers all that will just help in getting more guests um if you've not checked out the last couple episodes please do so john's azula johnny z and michael lago two dream guests of mine um both men played a huge part in the careers of metallica arguably you would not know who metallica is without either of these Mm. gentlemen um so please check out those interviews you've not already um of course you can find my Thank you. I appreciate you. Of course, you can find Metallicast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, our home site, fansonexperts.com, or pretty much everywhere else you find your podcasts. Richard, you've been doing this um, long enough with me. I want you to, um, I want you to sign out for us with my with my little tag. And. <coughs>
Middle of your ass! Yeah! Bye-bye. Fabs not experts.